This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 47, recorded June 24th, 2012. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Welcome. We have, you know, in contrast to last week's Apple heavy event. Yeah. We have the Microsoft Surface event. Indeed. Now, there, there have been a lot of uh, kind of back and forth in the, in the media about this. Oh, yeah. This, this device. I mean, some people going, oh, yeah, they're just copying everything that Apple did. And, you know, you know Microsoft did invent the, uh, the tablet a while back. But this, I, I'm actually really excited about this. Me too. Uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of the complaints we hear are the same complaints about Apple. Some are com- people complaining that they're not doing things exactly the same way Apple does. Um, uh, yeah. All just the irony is is thick. And I, I guess <laughs> when it comes to Apple does things too tightly, it's not right. And then Microsoft does this. It's like, why is why is it Microsoft doing the things the way Apple does? It's, yeah, it's really? like, oh, oh, really? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Really? Really? Yeah, because, you know, and, and that's really what it comes down to is, is that we got a very Microsoft-like release, which is uh, we're going to show it relatively early in the process. Everything is not nailed down yet. Yep. Well, excuse me, unlike Apple, which will keep it secret until they're ready to sell you one. And then, bang, there it is. So now the first question we get is, well, it's crap because you can't buy it today. Okay, hang on. You know, it's crap because they didn't let us use them at the event. Well, that's because they're not ready for that. Uh, And you're right. You can't make some there. I I would totally agree with the with the uh, the very reasonable part of that, which is that you can't really pass much judgment on a device until you've used it. You know, so. So, yeah, until they let the press use one, it's you're you're not getting that much information. That's worth knowing. That doesn't mean it's crap. It just means they're taking a different route. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the problem that, that Microsoft has as well, too, is that one, they they can't wait until the release of Windows 8 to put out something like this. Right. Because, you know, I mean, up until this event, people were just thinking that Windows 8 is going to go to the vendors who are going to do their own thing with with uh, their own hardware and, and just be done with it, right? I mean, yeah. and they're going to have their own lead-ins to this. This is, this is, a, this is actually a, a, a shift in how Microsoft does things, putting out their own hardware. And you 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 have to release it ahead of time because you know people need to be aware of this and not just you know go down and buy a Windows Seven machine or uh, get a free upgrade to Windows Eight or buy a Windows Eight machine and not really know about the Microsoft service. You have to make headlines and you know you have to also you know try to cut into to iPad sales and have some people want to maybe hold off until this thing comes out. Um, there, there's a lot of different business reasons for why to do this. And I, I, part of me goes, oh yeah, where where's the price? Where's the uh, where's the full specs and and where's a review of it? But 
I mean, they're not, they're, they're, they're not not yet. No, I mean, this is this is still something that's under development. And as well, too, is if they start releasing prices and stuff, I mean, it's it's going to get their vendors in a tizzy as well. I mean, that. Yeah, another thing that, and then this is exactly the same issue. Just to, to to hit on that point, we have you know the one plus of the way Apple does things is that they can tell you exactly what the price is going to be and how distribution is going to work because it's all them. Everything right. start to finish, the total vertical, all them. Microsoft, it's not going to work that way. So it's going to be different, you know. And yeah. I think that's good. I think one of the uh, one of the big reasons that we're seeing so much kind of uh, uh, negative press about the the surface is that, you know, a while back, Apple did something I, I think that was sort of unheard of and, and turned out to be, from a profitability standpoint, pretty brilliant, which was they said, we are not going to target the business user. And and what's funny is, is that for the longest time, we just all assumed that, well, all the money in computers is in business. And of course, it was back then, because, you know, the way things were designed and the way things worked, computers were largely meant for businesses. And the well, other computers ones, started in the world of business. Of course, it makes sense, you know. And, uh, and, you know, it starts with the iPod where it comes out and it's like it has nothing to do with business. It's a consumer product and they sold a bajillion of them. And then they say, you know, let's make a phone. And, and the phone is totally a consumer product. And everybody scoffed when it came out. Oh, it's not usable in enterprise. Nobody's ever going to buy one of these at like 700 bucks a pop. They're like, huh. oh, wait, they get subsidized by the carrier. Oh, hey, it's 300 bucks. Oh, look. Full exchange support. <laughs> zillions of people will do it and then the yeah. funny thing is is that it started kind of bleeding over the ipad was the same way the ipad is not a business tool the ipad gets used as a business tool a little ways much in the same way some of us used business computers for fun stuff before right but, but it's about that crossover and 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 now here comes app i mean here comes microsoft right where they're they're looking at this massive money juggernaut that's apple and saying <laughs> wow you know we need to be in the consumer market and you get something like the zune you know <laughs> which the high point seems to be that it was a toss-off joke on chuck you know yeah and uh, and and a pretty decent way to watch a movie on your xbox and then the funny thing is that finally microsoft sits down and says wait a minute we were kind of good at that business thing maybe we should do that Maybe we should target instead of trying to build the iPad killer. Maybe we should just say the iPad's a great device. Let's build a tablet that's meant for a different crowd of people. It's meant for business or for people who want to do things that are just not that you know that the iPad's not really meant for. Yeah, I mean the the I when it comes down to it, the iPad is 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 purely a media consumption device. It's <laughs> it's not a replacement for a home computer. Funny, funny you say that, and this is a separate thing we should talk about later, but all right, I just wanted to say that that for the longest time has been like the big thing where people would say it's a media consumption device, not a media creation device, right, and then they made a really, really hot version of i of iMovie for it, and then oh uh, right, yes, well, and then they made a a pretty damn you know decent bottom line is. It's becoming a media creation device, but it's a consumer device. That's what it comes down to. Right. Is it's meant for people uh, who, yeah, who want to work within a given system. It's sort of like a, it fits more like a phone than a laptop. 
You know, it's a different form factor and everything, but in terms of its its use case and everything, it's more like a phone than a laptop. Right, and and and, and getting to the details of the the surface here, I mean, it's it's more along the the lines of closer to, uh, yeah, closer to ultra an book. actual, yeah, yeah, an ultra book, yeah. Now there there are two there are two versions here, and I kind of want to go over both of them here. Yes. Um, the the first one that they come out with is the one that everybody was expecting is the arm tablet. Um, now th- what I mean by that is that that's the, the Nvidia Tegra processor, which is not a standard desktop processor. It's, it's, it's in the arm form factor and it's got, it's got, well, I mean, I've, I'm assuming that people have seen uh, a, a picture of this thing. I mean, you've got the, uh, that kind of, uh, what is it? 10.6 inch screen. I believe it is. Right. It's a, it's a little bit bigger than the uh, than the iPad, and it's got a resolution of thirteen sixty six by seven sixty eight, which is actually pretty pretty decent for for a, for a like a you know standard laptop. Um, you've got USB two on it, sixty four gig SSD, um, and that what what I I think shocked everybody. You've got this uh, case keyboard. A kind of like a like an iPad style magnetic case or uh, cover for it that it also doubles as a Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah, this is, and as somebody said, you know, this is going to be a popular knockoff in the iPad world. But yeah. you know, the funny thing is, this is a, a really cool idea. Uh, there are a lot of folks who want, and and this is why it's not purely just business personal; it's different use cases. There are a number of people who want to cross the middle sort of between a, uh, you know, a netbook and ultrabook and the iPad. You know, you actually strike me as a really cool example of this. Right. You, know, you, you have and now you have a netbook and you have an iPad. So you've got yeah. it covered from two ways. But quite honestly, this might be a better solution for you. And, and it would be in the price range of the two put together, you know? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's the thing is that you know for the longest time the tablets that have wanted touchscreen capability and a keyboard have done that one thing, and then that's that stupid swivel, oh, yeah. uh, swivel Awful. display Horrible. where you open it up, turn it around, and close it back down, and it becomes a uh, it's it's stupid. It's a large mechanical waste of space that that doesn't make any sense uh, in terms of actual product design, and it also creates a terrible weak point that's that's. Just yes. completely, it's that's the first thing to break on those things. I mean, yeah, think. I mean, for years, laptops had trouble with hinges. It took them forever to figure that out. And, oh, and they still do. The cheap ones still do. Yeah, and now here's this horrible, like you know, super complex one. Yeah, totally, I agree. Plus, even if it was reliable, the form factor is ludicrous. You know, it's not yeah. usable in either form. Yeah. What I what I like about this one is, you know, if you want it to be a tablet. Don't bring the keyboard with you. It's a tablet. <laughs> yeah. If you want the keyboard, snap it on. And it's actually not just a keyboard, which is also important. It's also got a trackpad on it, which, depending on the programs that you're using, can actually be really helpful. Yeah. Um, I mean, not, I mean you, you run into this on um, certain, like, for example, browsing certain websites that have mouse over support. I mean, unless they build in really good support for an iPad, it's, it can be hard to navigate those sites. Yeah. 
because you know menus don't pop down when they should and that kind of thing. So um, the ability to to uh, effectively quote whip out a mouse is is actually a really good idea. Hang on a second, while I whip it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the keyboard itself. Now there's there's two versions of it. The the one for the arm. Um, I'm not sure if they're interchangeable, but there's there's one that just does uh, like uh, it's basically just a, a touch sensor. Mm-hmm. So it, it's static keys basically printed. I mean, the the analogy that was that, that was used was those uh, those old uh, those old Atari keyboards. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're 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 not quite that terrible, I don't think. But it's it's kind of just like a one flat piece of uh, touchscreen plastic that has the keys printed on it. Uh huh. Um, and then there's another version that apparently has some, some tactile feedback to it, the oh. actual uh, movable keys, as far as I can tell. Uh, again, some of the specs aren't really out on it. So, and that is the one that actually really kind of piqued my interest because yeah, there are some times where I've had my little Apple Bluetooth keyboard with my iPad for doing like terminal work and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's nice because I can actually do quick typing and not have to uh, to watch my hands uh-huh. type. I mean, I've I've gotten really used to to not looking at the keyboard, and with with a touch keyboard, that can be a pain. Right. Totally. So that, while also being a case or a cover for the screen, that that's actually really appealing. And I have to admit, you know, and as we get into the specs here, it'll become obvious. There are there are two versions, and I think a lot of people have been kind of confused by the fact that uh, one version, the ARM-based version, uh, actually runs a different OS. And, right, it's running Windows RT. Right, which is funny. You remember when the specs came out, we were all like, huh, I wonder why RT is different in this. Well, this is why, you know? And yeah, it's, it, Go ahead. Oh, no, it's, it, it's code name back in the day was Windows on ARM. Before they named it Windows RT, it's basically specifically designed for devices like this. I I suspect sort of that um, you know people have indicated too that though there will be some shared code base and everything that uh, that in many ways the ARM based surface will be much more similar to Windows phones than will the uh, the top end version. Right, that's correct. Yeah, the the RT version is missing some things uh, like uh, backwards compatibility for x86 programs, like standard previous Windows versions programs. Um, one one cool thing though about uh, about the uh, Windows RT though is that it includes Office, mm-hmm. uh, Word, Excel, and I believe PowerPoint. Um, it has its own mail client, but it's uh, it that that's a huge change from that's a huge departure from what what uh, Microsoft has previously done by actually having Windows include Office in at least one version. Well, in this case it makes a lot of sense because one of the huge one of the things that's been like notably missing from the iPad experience was any way to realistically deal with Office documents. And that doesn't even mean create them. That means like even just edit them and send them back. You know, you can do it. And there are a couple of places. Quick Office, for example, is pretty good. Um, there are a couple of them that sort of do the job. None of them well. You know, yeah. every one of them sort of does one thing well. Uh, there's one I can't remember that I came across last week that actually does comments pretty well. 
markup right. and everything. Well, but the, I think the fundamental problem with those is that it's it's really hard to edit an Excel document when you've got a ham-handed finger trying to press into a cell. You know what? Either way, though, bottom line is you can't really do it realistically on an right. iPad. So one thing that would definitely, I think Microsoft realizes uh, that one of the things they could offer that would make this appealing to a fairly large population right off the bat would be allow me to handle office documents in a realistic fashion. Yeah. And that to bring, to bring office documents into a really mobile market, that really, that's going to have a huge draw. Yeah. That's one I of mean, those come features. On. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the, one of those holes in the industry. That's just, Oh, well we get by with iWork or, you know, you know, any of these kind of third party no, you don't. half solutions. <laughs> no, you don't. It sucks. No, you don't. Yeah. It's it's it doesn't it I mean, it comes down to it is that this this is yeah, this is something that's not going away is the 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 you know the 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 stand the industry standard word in Excel document. It's it's not gonna I mean Yeah. Bottom line is that's a big feature. So I, I think it's interesting that, first of all, with both of them, that means very clearly that both models of the Surface are going to have their full best support they can offer for Office, probably, which means... Well, yes, and, and actually the, the higher-end version that's actually running on an Intel processor, they did announce as well that they're going, it's, it's, it's Windows 8 Pro, but they're going to be including uh, Office with it as well. Yeah, so that's a big plus either way. But I think the the difference between these devices is that uh, if you could imagine as a business user, right, a business, you're say you have many employees, right, and you're going to buy quite a few of these devices for use yep. around the office, right? And a lot of your people are going to need to be able to edit documents, handle their email, and do things like that. And the ARM-based version, which was likely going to be a good bit cheaper, uh, is going to be quite capable of that. On the mm-hmm. other hand, uh, you're going to have some people that are really going to want to extend these devices to do things that you just can't do with the iPad at all in any way, including creating media, creating de- you know, creating documents, and and uh, and some of the tech kind of features, high end tech features like things like you or I might do. Yep. Uh, which we could really use the power of an actual processor and a full OS for. Um, man, that that more expensive one's going to look really good. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, it's the same size, but you've in inside you've got. Um, I believe it's a little bit thicker, but you get an Intel i5 uh, processor. Wow. Uh, up to 128 gigs of SSD. Uh, USB three, which gives you a lot of possibilities for doing uh, offloading Audio, data video. and that, yeah, ten eighty p display. Uh, I also did see that they have a um, what is it called, micro HDMI, or, or I was either that or a DisplayPort output, mm. which also means that you can uh, extend this out with uh, more USB and displays and. Uh, and also, you know, kind of use this as a kind of a docked full desktop if you really want to. Actually, you sounds know, really cool. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? I mean, the, when, 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 you, when you first hear the announcement, it's like, oh, what's Microsoft doing and who are they partnering with to come out with just some other laptop? But when you really start to dig into the features of this, I mean, this, for, from, a, from a business perspective, one, 
And from a maybe a kind of more advanced consumer side, this 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 is really appealing. I'm excited. I I I definitely can't wait to to see how it works. I mean, back up to where we uh, we first talked about uh, Windows 8. And I remember you installed the uh, you installed the preview, and you came on to Modern Geek and said, "You know what? This is really freaking cool. This is meant for a tablet." Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I put in the release preview the other day as well onto VirtualBox, and I'm like, "Okay, it's installed. It looks pretty. What do I do with it? Uh, I want to touch it. And I, you know, I, I can you know molest my desktop screen as much as I want. It's not going to do anything to it." This is the device that this this operating system is built for. I mean, this this I believe it has a ten finger touch support, wow. and that's what they're requiring for Windows eight. So this is like a full true multi touch display, all kind of you know not resistive. It's all has to be capacitive and and you know a proper touch display. You know this this interface with this hardware is really going to turn a lot of heads. I'm, I'm thinking as long as they can get the stability down and as long as they can get this to market uh, and and get that app support behind it. And, you know, that's actually one of my big questions. Everybody's like, I got to know how it feels to use it. And you're like, yeah, that's important. But, you know, what bothers me is what concerns me, I guess, is, you know, one of the important differences in the Microsoft <laughs> model and the Apple model is the way Microsoft has you know is expecting hardware from multiple suppliers yep or at least support for a dramatically wider range of hardware through loadable drivers and things like that which we know for windows 8 are not going away so you know one of the kind of really interesting things about this to me is that it's going to be a relatively open architecture and that can go, I mean, compared to Apple, at least. And that's that can go very badly or very well. Like, mm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, part of, part of, part of me says, man, you know, what happens if, if the, the drivers for this stuff or if the things people create aren't very stable? You could end up with a, a mobile device that doesn't work, which would be really crappy. Because <laughs> well, it's I, way I, worse on a mobile device when it doesn't work. Well, I mean, and that goes back to my... Uh when, when I was uh, before I got the iPad, when I was looking at the Android devices, is that you know if 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 somebody if somebody here puts out a hundred and seventy like you know one of the big vendors puts out a a, a, a deal of like a hundred and seventy nine dollar tablet, we're running Windows eight, and it's built with crap hardware on the back end, yeah, and it's done with basic drivers that haven't had any bug fix. Of, bug fixes and never will and it's like one of these abandonware projects that gets set up so you know you sell you know 10,000 units of it and this is the first impression that goes out into the Windows 8 world that that can really damage the perception of the software yeah and I think maybe that's what Microsoft's trying to do here is that they're saying one one they're saying to to people that would be purchasing dev- this devices look this is how we intend this product to be set hey, up everybody you're going to get a chance to frack it all up but first we're, we're not yeah. going to lock it down the way apple does you can just you can frack it all up but you know what first we're going to give you one that is actually what we meant yeah this is the windows 8 experience as we see it 
And if you don't get that experience, it's not our fault. That's your vendor's problem. Also, not us. Yeah. Also, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I think, secondly, it's probably saying that same thing to the vendors as, you know, we're doing our own version of this and you're, you're we're telling everybody else. this is what they're getting. So if they don't, they're coming to you. So you better, you know, up the ante a little bit and maybe not put all those bad capacitors that you were putting in the, your machines in 2003, right? Yeah. yeah I think, right. I think you're right. I, I really, really want this thing to succeed because as I've been watching Windows 8 develop, this, this is exactly what, the, the, the right form be, factor yeah. for it. Yeah, this is what I hoped it would be. And uh, another thing, the kickstand is is actually a really good idea. Yeah, it is. Um, the kickstand really is is super thin. Um, there's I one, mean, no, you know what? There's one reason why it is. Everybody is going to make fun of it because uh, there have been kickstand uh, stands built for the iPad that are just junk, and people have suggested it for the iPad, and it was junk. And the yeah. reason is, is that the keyboard is an integral part of this. And if you think about it, you need the kickstand to use the keyboard. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's why it makes sense. If, if it wasn't for this keyboard idea, it would be as stupid as it is on the others. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 only, the only question mark is, is in the durability of the thing. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and that they've tested this <laughs> to death. And that if, it, if, it, if you can, like, say, for, I, I heard somebody talking about, like, well, the first thing I'm going to try to do is um, accidentally snap it off and see how easy it is to reattach. And I, it's like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that this is going to, I, I'm pretty sure that that's going to work out. And it present. It, it presents, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm saying here. It's, it's basically a really good idea of getting around that, that, you know, not having that laptop hinge to hold the screen open. Um, and, it's not a, and it's not a kickstand either. It's like the entire half of the damn thing folds out, too. Yeah. So this, it, it looks like a great design. Um, the other thing that people were um, kind of crapping on is the, is the, uh, the stylus. Yeah, now, now yeah. The, the the high end version apparently comes with a stylus that magnetically adheres to the side of it. I totally have something to say about that. All right. Um, yeah, you know. Okay, first of all, uh, I think a lot of people are coming at this like it's an iPad, and let's face it, the styluses for the iPad are junk because the yeah. styluses for the iPad are rubber fingers. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. The iPad is designed for use with a finger, literally. Like, like it. They say, why don't they make styluses that are smaller on them? Because it won't recognize them. It it tries to avoid junk input, you know, and recognize your actual finger, and it does a really good job of that. And that's really cool. Except that, you know, so you, you know, you buy a stylus, it's just essentially like they put a big, you know, thing the size of your finger on the end of a stick, which doesn't really help. So, yeah. I, I suspect that what Microsoft has done here, because the stylus was visible in some of the pictures, and it's clearly much smaller. Yes. So, yes. and we know that they're using this 10-finger, you know, uh, capacitive touch system, which means that I think they figured out a way to separate the two and make the stylus sensible and your fingers sensible and have it know which one it is. And yeah. I think if that's the case, that's really freaking useful. I think that would be awesome if the iPad did that. 
And well, I, I do know that they they really up the ante as, as to the uh, the requirements for the touchscreens on these things. Right. They are very high end uh, touchscreens. So I, I, I think you're right is that they're, they're going to have to if they can determine that that little that little uh, that little point is is a stylus. I mean, especially I mean, going back to like, you know, an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. Yeah. Oh, and try, I, would, or, wow, I would love to play with that. Or artists. I mean, you can't. One of the limitations drawing on the iPad has always been you can't really use a, a real I, stylus. And I downloaded, I downloaded a drawing app and tried out one of those dollar styluses, and it's it's a joke. Yeah, and and here's here's the other reason I think that it it's tempting to make everybody in the past we've always made fun of a stylus for a phone or uh, any mobile device because. All in the past, devices that have relied on the stylus for manipulation of the operating system in standard use have been a joke. Right? Yeah, like with the the, the yeah, well, like Windows pre Win Seven for mobile. Yeah. you know, the having to take your stylus and click on the little tiny start button. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, and uh, that's exactly. So a lot of people are thinking that you see stylus. Oh, you're like a stupid as stylus. No, no, wait. If, you know, people buy styluses, bad ones, for the iPad, if you have to use it to navigate or do anything, that's crap. I don't think they're doing that. No. I think it's going to be an add-on, and it's a way to do something that you can't do with your fingers if you want or need to do that. And and I think that's awesome. And if it hides somewhere on the device really well, that's even better. Right. That Well, that, that was the only really legitimate uh, concern I had heard. Um and I'll I'll give the Twits live coverage is where I heard it from. I'll nice. give the credit for nice. it. Uh, it was Tom Merritt that said, you know, I like the idea of the stylus, but I what I don't like is that it's magnetically attached to the side of this thing because I think that if I put it like try to slide it into a bag, I'm gonna rip it off by accident. Yeah, that's a possibility. Right. I mean, then again, you know, laptop bags and and stuff like that, and I mean, put it in your pocket. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if if you're if you're somebody that's going to lose it, I'm 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 thinking. I mean, I uh, I I think it's a legitimate concern. I think the people that wind up using it are going to find ways around it. I agree. If or it's a problem, or, or they just they'll you know, change it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pull an apple. It's like, well, don't don't put it in your case that way. You know, I hope don't, this don't, don't a, hold it that way. Right. It could but, be that that's the glitch for this flight too. You know. Right, and I mean that's the other thing is that this is the first hardware revision i mean apple's not immune from this i remember uh-huh. remember the headphone jack on the iphone one yes the the one that's like oh well you have to use our little cheap you know half a watts uh, headphones otherwise you can't fit your uh you f- can't fit your normal three and a half mil connector i mean what was that Oops. i mean the, the, the it may be a design flaw it may not be i believe it's going to be included with the uh, intel version and not with the arm version um, it'll be interesting. I guess it also comes down to the replacement cost of these things as well, too. If it's, if it's relatively cheap, then, you know, certain, you know, if businesses are buying these, they may just buy a box of 50 of them. I do have, um, I, well, just to wrap this up, I, I'm really excited. The really, uh, the, the, the event was really interesting. I'm glad they went ahead and, and took their own route and presented it early. I understand that it's early. It's going to be a while before we see it. Uh, I don't think that's a mistake on anybody's part. Um, I obviously, we don't know. There's some things we don't know yet. This could be great. This could be junk. This could be everything in between. I'm really excited about it. 
Um, I did want to mention one other quick little kind of side thing in this podcast, which is that okay. a long time back we talked about uh, the Raspberry Pi. The, yes, yes. The the, uh, the little what is that? The little ARM processor on a little tiny stick. It's an entire Linux based computer on a board that's smaller than your hand and sells for about for twenty five pounds essentially, which is about forty something bucks here. Yeah, I, I never got around to, to pre-ordering one of those. Yeah, well, my name came up a long time back. And because yeah. uh, I had put my name on the list, like, I don't know, the third day they were out, you know, and a little while later, I get this email that says, hey, you can order one if you want. And I'm like, huh, I wonder. And I looked and I had a few bucks at the time. So I was like, 40, oh, yeah. 43 bucks shipped. Okay, screw it, you know. And it's shipping from God knows where. I think it's in England somewhere. So I was like, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, and I, I, I paid for it and promptly forgot because it was a, quite a while back, you know. Yeah, and the other day, uh, one of our listeners had had their name come up and had contacted us and said, "Hey, you want one of these? I'll send you one," which was very nice of them. And I, uh, but I remember thinking, you know, I, I thought I ordered one of those. I should really look it up, you know. And yeah. and you had mentioned it to me, and I'm like, yeah, I need to look it up, make sure I haven't already ordered one before we uh, we reply to that. And uh, the next day, I got a box in the mail. Ah, nice. Uh, so I am the proud owner of a Raspberry Pi. Wow, which nice. I cannot eat. Um, <laughs> and not just because of your diet, but <laughs> it came in a little bitty box, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. It comes with a a quick start guide, which is pretty interesting. Uh, okay. It says, uh, before you begin, we for best results, we recommend connecting your Raspberry Pi to the following peripherals before powering up: a 500 volt, 700 milliamp regulated power supply with micro USB connector, which means this is why I didn't order a power supply because I th- first thought was, oh crap, I should order a power supply. Uh, and then I realized, wait a minute, it's designed to plug into any US, I mean, 700 milliamps, any US, uh, sorry, 700, yeah, 700 milliamps, any USB charger you got. Like 700? Yeah. yeah. Most should be fine. I think the, uh, the iPhone ones are a little low. I think they're 500. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So an iPad but still, would I be mean, great, that's, which that's I have, most. I have a dozen of, so it'd be great. Uh, USB keyboard, not a problem. Go figure. Display HDMI or DVI, not a problem. Go figure. Uh, USB mouse. <laughs> Can do. Go figure. Yeah. 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 Uh, LAN and internet connection, an SD card. Check this out. To prepare a bootable SD card, you will need a PC with an SD card reader. Uh, more details can be found here, elinux.org slash RPI hardware basic setup. <laughs> right. Um, then it literally uh, it literally shows you how to, how to prepare a bootable SD card uh, using Debian, and then uh, how to, uh, yep, and, and instructions for Windows, Linux, and Mac. And then uh, you put the SD card in it, and you fire it up, and it shows you how to log in. Nice. So uh, I can't wait. Sometime this week or whenever well, you're, we get a chance. Well, uh, your, your Air has an SD slot, so. Yeah, well, yeah, I got a couple. I got an SD reader plugged into the Pro on my desktop, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, And I got a bunch of SD cards laying around. So, yeah, I, I figure we're going to have to play with this. Yeah. You get it up and running, and I'll SSH into it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, uh, and, and we know that this thing had accelerators for graphics as well, so it should be able to play MP4s. This is cool. Yeah, I want it one is. of these. I know. I mean, I, this, I'll tell you what. This little thing, this could make an absolutely kick-ass little media device. 
Yeah. Among other things. I mean, uh, that's pretty damn sweet. For, for what, 25 euro? Yeah, 40, 50 or bucks. Just say or whatever. 50, yeah. Hang on, I got the receipt here. Let's see. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, okay. So $35 US, uh, $8 shipping because it comes from England. Yeah. Uh, and I shipped it like the slow route. Uh, let's see, what date did I buy? Uh, I don't know, a while back. Yeah, so $43.02 American. Huh. $26.55 GBP. Well, that's not bad. 20, 21, 21 pounds 60 and uh, uh, in four ninety five shipping. We're going to yeah. have to do some tests with this thing. That was my thought. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. We'll definitely report back on how this goes because uh, I'm really interested in, in how it's going to work and how, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Because I love I, technology, man. Hell, yeah. And this is just, this is just too fun to, to see it what. It looks like somebody's already wired up one of these to, uh, to play a xylophone. Really? Yeah. All right, if you go to raspberrypi.org. It looks like they're doing some blog posts as uh, with like use cases. <laughs> so there's another one with like, you know, it looks like some kids are using it as their, uh, you know, their their desktop machine. Uh, some some somebody built it into a Lego box, and I guess that's the other thing is that the first one didn't come with uh, any kind of type of casing. Yeah, this but- one does not. Have any I casing. believe that the, the next batch that they do, I think they were talking about putting a case on it. It would be real easy to put it in a case. I mean, it's not a big, big deal. It's a little bigger than an Altoids tin, but I mean, you could... Actually, that was on the fact, is that, will this fit in an Altoids tin? And they're like, not no. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I, it would be real easy to put in a box if you wanted to. Like, uh, yeah, I can think of... Essentially, this is going to make Embedded available to a whole lot more people because, like... Even like the Arduino, it, it makes it a lot easier that we can do some cool stuff with it. But with this, we can essentially apply all the same kind of scripting and languages that we're used to dealing with yes. on, a, on a desktop, except we could do it on this. So, I well, mean, and, they, and they were they were talking on the site as well about the development. They're, they're like, you know, why, you know, question, why doesn't it include this hardware or this hardware or even like a hardware clock? And it's like, look, we, we looked at this from the ground up. As what are the what is the bare minimum hardware that is needed to get uh, you know an HDMI signal media box running? And I mean they they don't include a hardware clock because it would require putting a battery on it, and they they didn't want to have to fit it. So the, you know they're 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 kind of looking at things very innovatively, and it's proving that you don't really need to spend a whole lot if you're. Um, if you kind of think outside the box and design something from the ground up and, you know, get rid of a lot of legacy. I I really like the idea of the Raspberry Pi and the execution seems to be pretty interesting as well. So yeah, I can't wait to play with this. It's going to be fun. Oh yeah. Well, you got anything to add wrapping up here? Uh, just that, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the, the surface tablet. Um, I, I, I really, I'm going to want to, you know, demo this when, when it, when they eventually release it. And oh, yeah. if, 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 you know, you always look at movies in the future and everybody's using like, like propped up tablets, <laughs> you know, with, 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 uh, 
with uh, styluses and you know it's all this kind of futuristic uh, displays and stuff like that you you, you want to know how we get from laptops to that i think this is this is one of those answers is that this is if if this is executed as well as i think it is we're we're going to see another shift in how people use computers in the same way that the iPhone and the i the iPad have done. You know, if you let me put it this way, if you took my MacBook Air and I have a pre latest version MacBook Air, um, you know, if you took that and you essentially kept it in the same weight and essentially size, yep. except it was a tablet on the front and it had a flip down keyboard like like the uh you know a, a cover keyboard like the one you see on the uh upper end surface yep uh and you had the same kind of battery life and everything else and blah 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 yeah that would be the one device i would need to carry with me outside yeah and especially if you had some kind of hybrid operating system where where it acted like an iPad, for example, when uh, when it was in touch mode, and I could I could flip it out into the standard mode when I had the keyboard down and had a touchpad, and use it like the laptop, and you had a full version of uh, OS X running, like that. Yep. Some hybrid fantasy version of OS X that could be like <laughs> iOS or OS X. <laughs> yeah. That would be it. I, I'm good. You know, I don't. I I would literally I could travel with that device by itself, and everything would be perfectly wonderful. Yeah, and I mean, this, this is why I'm excited about this. And, and, and kudos to Microsoft for taking the, the innovative leap and not the, the iterative the, one. The, yeah, the copy leap. Screw that. Yeah. You don't yeah, get- let's, let's, do what, let's do what Apple did because it's always good to be 18 months behind the competition. No, go in a different direction. Also, let's do, what for, for thankfully, you know, I think Microsoft's thinking, let's do what we're good at. And you know what? Microsoft is good at some things, and we really need those things. So uh, I'm excited. Me too. We'll see you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.